Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. It's time. It's time. Time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 Fan in Dallas. Joined as always by Brian Broaddus, former Super Bowl winning NFL scout. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. On 105 through the fan in Dallas. He's also the pre and post game co host on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. And Brian, we made it to Oxnard. We're here in Oxnard, California. We've had a couple practices. Is it uh, everything you dreamed and more? You know what? It's funny. Um, 31 years of NFL training camps, 24 of those years were done with uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So I've always kind of talked about the places I've been. But you never get tired of coming to camp in Oxnard. You don't. It's all about, you know, the players, the ability to practice. You don't have to survive practice here. You know, you could practice at a high level, fast pace because of the weather. That's the way it is. The fact that, you know, there's there's teams across the country right now that are dealing with heat, humidity and all that. And trying those players are just trying to survive the practice. Here it is about the things you're able to, the the installations, the technique work, the individual periods and stuff like that. I just cannot imagine a better place in the country to practice when you consider the setting, you know, the access that we have to the camp, and then the weather that goes along with it. It's just it's just an ideal place to do. It's an ideal place to get the season started the right way. Yeah, it's. I mean, everybody, Jerry talks about it all the time, yeah. about how this is just the dream place to start off camp, and well, it's good. Everybody enjoys it. It took, you know, I, and I know people that are, you know, guys and gals that are my age that are Cowboy fans forever, 
will remember the Jimmy Johnson practices like at St. Ed's there in Austin. And those were kind of the groundwork practices where, you know, it was a lot more hitting. Two-a-days were real. Yeah. It wasn't collective bargaining as, you know, as strong as it is now. You know, and they'll say, well, those were the good old days. Those are, no, those really weren't the good old days. You just had really, really good teams. That, you know, yeah. you had the Darren Woodsons and the Troy Aikmans. And the, it helps you know, to have like 25 yeah, Pro Bowlers like Hall in, of on your Fame roster. players, yeah. So, you know, but just it, it really took it really took the Cowboys from going to Austin to, you know, and the Cowboys trained out here forever. If you, you know, in Thousand, you know, Oaks. Thousand Oaks. You know, and it was just when Jerry bought the team that all of a sudden you were moving to other locales. And, you know, that ultimately what happens, they come back to California where – uh, you know where you can get some really quality work. Well, let's uh, let's before we dive into some of the specifics of practice. Let's just I guess knock out first the injury questions yeah. and where things stand on the roster. So uh, as camp started, Luke Schoonmaker starts on NFI. Yeah. That's a little bit of a disappointment, and we'll kind of go back over these after I run through real quick. But Schoonmaker, right? Uh, Jordan Lewis starts on pup, right. not unexpected. Terrence Steele did not start on pop. That nope. was good. He's got a big brace on his knee. Right. Uh, he, you know, when they've been out there in more team periods and not just light jogging, right. he's not been out there. But in the light jogging and just kind of the the yeah. walkthrough stuff, he's right. out there and it looks like he's moving okay. Right. Um, and so those were kind of the injuries of note. There, Tony Pollard, no restrictions coming out here, although they are slow playing him a little, right. but not any medical restrictions. And then since camp started. Day one, you get the calf injury to Donovan Wilson. He is going to be out, it sounds like, for about six weeks. Yeah. Uh, Israel McQuamu is dealing with a hamstring issue. He's He was designated as a multiple-week injury by right. Mike McCarthy. Right. Uh, and then a much lighter note, I think it's just taking care of your new asset or, or your new paid asset, which is Trayvon Diggs. Uh, he's been dealing with a little bit of a toe thing. Doesn't sound like they're super concerned with that one, but uh, just something to, to note right there. Yeah, if I could circle back to the very first one that yep. you made, uh, you know, Luke Schoonmaker. And I was asking some people in the organization if they could give me a timeline for Luke Schoonmaker. And the, the answer was no, we really can't. And that's the unfortunate thing right now is that, you know, four to six weeks with other injuries or, you know, day to day with maybe like with digs and things like that. With Schoonmaker, they just don't have an idea. And that's what's so disappointing is because when you and I were working on the draft show mm-hmm. and we were talking about, you know, tight ends and, you know, the blocking tight ends and the guys that we really kind of liked and Luke Schoonmaker was a guy. Then all of a sudden Luke Schoonmaker gets drafted in the second round. And so now you're sitting there thinking, okay, here we go. Plug Luke Schoonmaker in. Let him go to work. Let him work next to Tyron Smith. Pro let him, ready. Yeah, let him work next to Terrence Steele. You know, and all those things. And you're so you're excited about that. But the fact that they can't give us a timeline on this is is a little bit of a, I shouldn't say a little bit, it's really disappointing. Because yeah. I, I know watching him play, and I, I said this to somebody in the organization, and this guy said to me, he goes, hey, I hope you're right. Because... I think when you watch like Michigan play football, you know, you watch the Blake Corum run the ball, run it downhill. They're running behind Luke Schoonmaker. And I'm sitting here thinking I had visions of him being that point of attack blocker. And, you know, in early in camp, we've seen the Cowboys some inside handoffs. That's kind of been the game inside. Yep. But where's a lot of the game been to the it's a lot of the outside and the kind of perimeter game is really what it's been. You know, we've seen you know, pulling guards. We talked about Steele. He was on the backside of a play. 
he comes all the way, you know, ball's going left. He's all the way up on blocker, blocking on the defensive backs. You know, so, you know, it's good to see guys like that kind of get back. You talk about Pollard getting an opportunity. He's looked pretty good. But that's it. The, the Schoonmaker one is the, the real, if you want to say, real gut punch right now. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, it feels like every year there's somebody like this. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you know, last year uh, you had Matt Woletsko, who really was never ready. Uh, the year before that, uh, you know, you had Jabril Cox, who was obviously dealing with something, Damone Clark even last year. Right. Uh, th- this this feels a little bit already like you, you've got this little bit of concern where I recall it was the same sort of discussion, like we're not sure when he's going to be ready, and then slowly became not ready for the year. Right. Connor McGovern. Right. who was a third-round pick, second-round grade, but their second pick in the draft in the third round there. Uh, I, you just hope it's not anything like that that lingers. But usually when they can't give you a timetable right. and it starts like this, you're a little, okay, this is a little uneasy. Right. Well, that's, you know, with that plantar fasciitis, that, that's just a, it's one of those kinds of injuries that requires rest and for recovery and all that. And, you know, Luke Schoonmaker, you know, if he was out there practicing, you know, he would probably be struggling with that. And so they're going to try and get this thing as right as they can and then, you know, hope for the absolute best. Yeah, so that's where things stand with the injury situation right now. Now, when we take a look at the general practice takeaways yeah. from the first couple of days, uh, I'll let you lead off here. Is there anything that has stood out to you? Obviously, we have not gotten any padded practices yet. We've really only Monday will be the first Monday, one. Yeah, and we're recording this on Friday night, so all we've really gotten to this point has been two, you know, standard practices, little light work. Um, you know, we haven't had the one-on-one compete periods yet that, right. that get all the oohs and ahs and everything like that. But anything that's really stood out to you so far? You know, it's funny you mentioned about the one-on-one compete periods. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember under the Mike McCarthy administration, have we had those one-on-one periods? We did. We got it. We got it late last year. It was about. It was. I want to say it was probably like not until the fifth or See, sixth I, practice. I it think, was late. Yeah. I. I just don't know how much Mike McCarthy is interested in the one-on-one periods. Like under the Jason Garrett administration, there seemed like there was always the one-on-one periods. And then what we were doing, we were reporting about, there's some side of me that thinks that Mike McCarthy doesn't want to see clips of, you know, Tolbert getting, you know, mugged by Diggs or, or CeeDee Lamb running away from Blanche or, you know, or, oh, hey, by the way, look, oh, uh, Josh Ball can't block Mozzie Smith. You know, I mean, I, there's a side of me that, because the kicking situation is another one that, Today, I was this morning on Friday here, I was on Cowboy Break, my work I do with DallasCowboys.com, and they were, the kickers were practicing. They were having like their little bit of, it wasn't, it was the snapper, holder, all that, but it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, we've yet to see that in a practice since we've been out here. We've seen some special team stuff, but it was all punt. You know, we've seen punt stuff. So I just wonder about the real competition. I know Bones Fossil said today, hey, Monday we're going to throw the kickers out there. But, you know, it used to be when you'd watch these kickers, it would be kind of like, ah, okay, it's kind of a little break. But now it's charting. They, uh, he made six of nine. He high did, drama. He, high drama. And, you know, because of the questions they have to ask. So, But the things that I've really, really kind of noticed about um, when, when it hasn't been – Farniak, or and you missing this is the Zach Martin miss is where this is going. Yeah. Which by the way, by the way, before we got to go to that, did Tyler Smith you think let something slip? 
yesterday. I by hope so. So. Ty- Tyler Smith's yeah, quote, so. uh, first day at camp, he gets asked, have you heard from Zach? He said, yeah, Zach texted us, yeah. said, uh, hold things down, I'll be there soon. Yeah. And so it's like, well, I bet Zach didn't necessarily want you to read that text to the yeah, whole media. Yeah, well, I, you know, as much as Zach is not a big media guy, I mean, but anyway, he's, uh, you know, the thing about it is it's clear when it's not steel and or Farniak on the right side, it's not a very good group right now. And, and again, it's not pads, but they're struggling. They're str- and, and but it's it, they're struggling against good edge rushers. You know, you're Michael talk, you're Parsons. Talking yeah. about like your eighth or ninth yeah, line yeah, too. Yeah, so, yeah. And, but but it. I'm saying it was you know to me, I was so fired up about Zach Martin and and uh, Steele being on that right side because we have seen some things in the practice this morning, you know, when they were doing stuff. You know, Tyler Smith and Tyron Smith, really good, some really good twist-stunt pickups, you know, that the defense was trying to kind of fool them with to get somebody free home. Dan Quinn really, loves those twist Yeah, stunts. and really good recognition by the law firm of Smith and Smith <laughs> over there. So, you know, that's the thing about it. And what made me kind of laugh is when Dak Prescott said, uttered the words, pay the man when he's talking about uh, Zach Martin. He usually does not weigh in. On he those usually things. doesn't weigh in, but he also went through that practice with the right side of that offensive line was not as stable as it has been in the past. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, that's something I've really noticed. I've noticed a lot of what's going on with formations, the bunch formations. How are things going to be differently offensively? I made mention about inside running game off the handoff, out of shotgun, the just the natural sweeps plays to the edges and stuff that we've seen. It seems like with these backs, whether it's Pollard, Deuce Vaughn, you know, they're interested in getting these guys kind of to the edge here early. And, you know, we've seen that, uh, you know, we've seen that. So, but I have noticed the bunch formations. When I talk about bunch formations, it's the three wide receivers scatter out of that. They did some drills yesterday where they had what we call twins receivers, where you had stack receivers. You run one on a pick and then run the other behind the pick, which was CeeDee Lamb. So maybe you have Gallup run the run the pick and then you run uh, Lamb behind it, mm-hmm. you know, to try and create some separation. If you're one of those folks, guys or gals that believe in analytics, they will tell you the Cowboys are not one of the best teams when it comes to route separation. So these are these are just some of the early maybe the off-season study with Brian Schottenheimer and the offensive coaches are about trying to get separation for these receivers. All right, you are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, guys. uh, I got to tell you really quick uh, before we go on to anything else about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I've been telling you guys about them for several weeks now. Brian and I both have. Uh, We love seeing you guys send us those photos on social media of you guys hanging out out there, uh, enjoying a cold beer, enjoying some wings or a burger or whatever else. Uh, It warms our heart, and I know it warms Boomer Jack's heart. Uh, We're glad that you guys are enjoying it as much as we do. I keep telling you guys specifically about Tuesdays and Wednesdays because Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they've got great deals the rest of the week as well. Drink special starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, and it is the coldest beer anywhere around. And it, it's just the perfect spot for whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for, you know, a happy hour spot for you and your coworkers, Boomer Jacks is perfect for that. If you're looking for a nice dinner spot for the family somewhere to unwind, it's a great spot too. My kids love the tableside s'mores that they bring out there. If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, Boomer Jacks, man, wall-to-wall TVs. And I mean that literally. The TVs fill up the walls at Boomer Jacks. You are going to be so glad you went there. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That is boomerjacks.com. I I thought Friday or uh, Thursday, I thought Thursday was a really good day for Jalen Tolbert. Um, yeah. But, you know, I was reminded as I was talking about it with somebody this morning. I said, you know, I remember thinking day one and day two for Jalen Tolbert were good last year, too. And then pads came on and things went south. Right. Um, so it's a little too early probably to say anything about it. But Brian Schottenheimer had a ton of praise for Jalen Tolbert today. He talked about the notes that he's been taking. Dak Prescott's talked about the work that he's done. And he's said all the right things. He's done all the right things, it appears. But, uh, you know, when you've been out there, have you gotten a, have you gotten a feel for what you think about what you've seen from Jalen Tolbert and how he's looking? He looks, he looks more... Um, and to me, when you're right, the first couple of practices last year, it's like, oh, okay, you know, and then things just completely fell off. The more that they put in the playbook, it's like initially that they understood the first couple of days of installation and then practice three, four and five became like almost like Chinese to him. Yeah. To where he was like, well, wait a minute, I maybe I didn't practice this this much in OTAs. Maybe I didn't get that opportunity in minicamp to run that route. Because he had a with, calf injury. Well, yeah, he's they, he's they, were throwing, they threw him in the deep end of the pool. Yeah. And they said, hey, go swim, bro. And he he couldn't swim. He couldn't swim. And, you know, ultimately it hurt him. He looks like a more confident player. The routes, the inside breaking routes, catching the football. To me, last year when I watched Jalen Tolbert, it was like he was fighting the ball. Like he was fighting like he, okay, I've got a guy on my back. I, I've got to cradle this. i got a body catch. That wasn't his game at South no. Alabama. He attacked the football. He attacked the football, and it's like he was a different guy. But we're starting to see we're starting to see Jalen Tolbert in the opportunities that they've thrown him the ball. He's made he's done a really good job of getting his hands out in front, extending and not letting defenders try and knock those balls. He tried to make that play. It was just a hell of a play by Nation Wright yeah. on the interception. Dak, in my opinion. Has got to throw the ball to the outside. It's either out of bounds or it's to your guy. You can't throw the ball to the inside and expect it not to be picked because Nation Wright did a good job of like playing the inside and then looking back for the ball. Yeah, and, he, and, and Wright has looked good. Earlier. But it was a good route by Tolbert because there was initial separation 
And then as the ball was a little bit, it was going to the inside, that allowed Wright to drive and then get in position because Tolbert had to slow up a little bit for the ball. Well, and I think that, you know, on Thursday you saw he, he got a few first-team reps in there subbing in for Brandon Cooks. So he got a couple reps against Stephon Gilmore. Brandon Cooks, by the way. Brandon yeah. Cooks is so great. It's very smooth player. And, and he is, man, there was a, and there was kind of a viral video people saw of Dak throwing a deep ball to Brandon Cooks. You may have seen it on social media. It, it doesn't totally do justice what happened out right. there. So you see Dak, it's a tight shot, and then it follows the ball into Brandon Cook's arms. What you don't see is that ball looked like it was going to sail five yards over his head. Yeah, yeah. And he, I watched that ball go up in the air. I was standing there with Sean Sharif, our coworker at 105 through the fan, and he's running, and you just see him hit this extra gear where he's yeah. like, oh, I got to get there. Go. And he, he does. He hits this extra gear about 20 yards into the route. And not only gets under it, but gets under it comfortably. Well, okay, this is this is the difference between throwing the ball and Tolbert's got good time speed. Mm-hmm. You know, is he's playing speed as good as Brandon Cooks? Absolutely not. But this is where the difference when you throw those vertical nine routes. You're trying to find out where Tolbert is down there. With Cooks, you're like, I could throw this thing, like you said, five to seven yards too far, and he'll find a way to run it down. Yeah. So that that's the difference between throwing to, you know, throwing to a Cooks or maybe throwing a little bit to a Tolbert, who he's trying to get an idea of how deep he needs to throw the ball. Yeah, and Cooks specifically, like I said, it's it, it's so impressive throughout OTAs and minicamp. Like the speed does stand out. It, it clearly does. He fell down yesterday. I was talking about this. They run a route where uh, where Dak they move the pocket to the right, and, and, and Cooks is running like a pivot, where it's going inside then back to the outside. Cooks falls down but gets up off the ground, and it went from an OS moment to an oh yes moment, you know, because <laughs> Dak still was thinking, do I need to throw it out of bounds? Do I need to get rid of it? Do I need to eat it? But no, Cooks was so quick up off the ground that it still allowed the play to have an opportunity. Well, and he's he was consistently during OTAs getting behind the secondary in seven on yeah, seven. Just, yeah, I mean, it is. They, they respect his speed. That, they that, really, really do. That speed is different. And he, yeah. even at his age, he is still incredible. Yeah. That is, the, to me, when you talk about the quality player, obviously, Kevontae Turpin's very fast, but he's yeah. it's he's not somebody that's using the raw combinations the same way. To me, this will be, as an active receiver, this will be the fastest primary receiver they've had in yeah. I don't even know how long. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're, you're probably having to go back to, like, days of – Alexander Wright, Kevin Williams or something. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's probably the last time they had somebody like that. And so, but what impressed me on Thursday was Alvin Harper. I I got to sit, yeah, Alvin Harper's another one. I got several, I spent a lot of practice just focused on, I'm watching Cooks versus Gilmore. And I like, I took a bunch of videos. You guys can go on Twitter and see him, Bobby Belt TX. And you can see, I actually retweeted everyone. Thank you. I, I filmed Gilmore and Cooks going up against each other. And man, it looks at least out here in one practice yeah. with as good as Cooks has looked running by people. Stefan Gilmore still looks every bit as good as he's he's been. He two, he was fantastic. Yeah, two very two very heady, smart, close tech, friends, close friends, technique driven type of guys that have this God given ability to go make plays. But then you know they know how to play against each other. They know that they 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 know the ability. You know, like okay, this cat can really run. This cat can stay in position with me. I've got to find a way to shake him. I can't let this guy shake me. You know, I'm sure when they when that ball snap, there are just hundreds of things going through each their mind of how they're going to attack the other. Yeah, but Gilmore, I think it's something that's really encouraging to me is just the the fact that technique wise, you 
you can't fool him. No, it doesn't let that. No. That is somebody who is so heady. He's seen a lot, and, and that's what I, yeah. I. I love the idea of what he's going to be able to do with your right. new hundred million dollar corner, Trayvon right. Diggs. Right. That he is such a high IQ player. And he knows yeah. so much of what he's seen, and he's not fooled by anything. Yeah. That what he can hopefully pass on to Trayvon right. Diggs, which right. Diggs' whole thing has always been the read. The read is sometimes right. wrong. He's gambling right. a little bit too much. Gilmore. I, I, I feel rather confident saying I don't think we're going to see some like a busted coverage 70 yard touchdown with right. Gilmore this year because he just he is so sharp and so smart. And that, I think, is, is one of the really encouraging things I've seen so far has been that the other thing that's really interesting, if you want to talk about the secondary, is this team really, really likes Eric Scott. That okay. is being made super yeah. obvious. Yeah, Eric Scott is one of those guys. And the other day, unfortunately for Dak, the Simi Fajoko interception, you know, bounces off Simi. But Eric Scott is one of those guys that when you watched him play at Southern Miss, played a lot of zone coverage, played off, but a lot of his interceptions were balls that went off people, balls that went too high. You know, he was he's one of these right place, right time type players. Heady. Heady. Physical playing the run, coming downhill and playing the run but also his ability to be in position to make plays. And that's where, you know, he was able to make that uh, that interception the other day because right place, right time guy. I think when you you hear them talk on the record and yeah. off the record about Eric Scott, I think they believe they may have gotten, a, you know, okay, this might be another Duran Bland yeah. for us, that they, they really like him. And I think they would I, – I think already you're looking at – there's a potential that Eric Scott is already just ahead of Calvin Joseph to this team. And well, it's like, you know, it's funny guy. you say that because, you know, today in the, uh, you know, when they were running through, like, their mock game, mm-hmm. Kelvin Joseph with the ones was getting some work as that nickel-dime linebacker, the curse linebacker, that, that plays down and plays coverage underneath. He'll play physical. And he'll play physical, you know, I mean – you know, the, the awareness part of it and all that, I mean, that's something he's going to probably have to work on. But we've seen him before on special teams make plays on uh, an open space, chase down balls. We've also seen him make mistakes when he's not, you know, he doesn't. he's not aware to see the fair catch and then he just blasts the guy or something like that. So, you know, they're trying to find a spot for Kelvin Joseph. I, I'll give you another guy real real quick, too. Wanye Thomas is another one. That's that, a name to watch. Yeah, and Wanye Thomas is a one-year guy from Georgia Tech, and I didn't know a whole hell of a lot about Wanye Thomas. But, you know, when you watch him, they're throwing him, and maybe a lot of it has to do with what's going on with uh, with the safety situations. No McQuamu, no Wilson. You know, maybe they're having to throw guys into the mix because of the, you know, they're, they're, they're short on bodies. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's he's got a lot of work uh, at safety. Uh, so uh, just a guy, if you see a number 30 running around uh, in clips, that's Wanye Thomas, uh, safety from Georgia. All right, you are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. 
Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, uh, I got to tell you really quick uh, before we go on to anything else about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I've been telling you guys about them for several weeks now. Brian and I both have. Uh, we love seeing you guys send us those photos on social media of you guys hanging out out there, uh, enjoying a cold beer, enjoying some wings or a burger or whatever else. Uh, it warms our heart, and I know it warms Boomer Jack's heart. Uh, we're glad that you guys are enjoying it as much as we do. I keep telling you guys specifically about Tuesdays and Wednesdays because Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they've got great deals the rest of the week as well. Drink special starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, and it is the coldest beer anywhere around. And it, it's just the perfect spot for whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for, you know, a happy hour spot for you and your coworkers, Boomer Jacks is perfect for that. If you're looking for a nice dinner spot for the family somewhere to unwind, it's a great spot too. My kids love the tableside s'mores that they bring out there. If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, Boomer Jacks, man, wall-to-wall TVs. And I mean that literally. The TVs fill up the walls at Boomer Jacks. You are going to be so glad you went there. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That is boomerjacks.com. This is a really good opportunity for Wanye Thomas. It's a really good opportunity for Tyler Coyle. Yeah. Um, both those guys. Uh-huh. Were, I mean, and those were two guys that I remember we talked about last year. Right. As somebody who, oh, they kind of flashed to practice a little bit, and that's why they both got stashed on the practice squad last right. year. They didn't have a spot for him. But they wanted to make sure that they kept him house. Uh, obviously, I mean, we can't get out of here without talking a little bit about the offense, specifically the passing game, the quarterback yeah. situation. Um, there's not a ton you can gather from from these things, I don't think, for, for Dak Prescott. But I know uh, one of the things you noticed was uh, a lot of the footwork and the release yeah, and they, things like that. That's the thing with Dak. And by the way, he had the really cool Air Jordans on today, like <laughs> the, the red and almost like the Chicago Bowl version of those things. John Bashota, who's a buddy, a friend of ours from The Athletic, I asked John to go, how much do you think those things run? And John, John's kind of a sneakerhead. He is. And John's like, Brian, I, I don't even have a price for those. You know, I'm like, he goes, they're kind of, they're groomed to the turf at AT&T. It's that special kind of shoe and, and all that. But it, they had some beautiful shoes. So you notice the feet. You notice the footwork and stuff. I think with Dak, what they're trying to do is get him set up quicker. And then that way, get set up quicker, get rid of the ball quicker. You know, and it's not something he's slow getting rid of the ball, but it's one of those things where it's more like, you know, get back, get set, and then let that thing go. But I and physically, he looks so much different than he, you know, every year he kind of like, he went, remember his first year, how he had all that body armor on him? And it's kind of a big, bulky. husky, bulky guy. And, and now he's more of a, you know, lean down, the footwork, the mobility, just, you know, the, all the hard work really, really pays off. And, 
you know, hopefully that, but the one thing I've noticed about Dak, really, to be honest with you, is Mike McCarthy standing there like every rep. Yeah. Mike McCarthy is not walking around and checking out defensive linemen or offensive linemen. He is standing with the quarterbacks every single practice, every single rep. So he's trying to get a development, a a rapport with not only Dak Prescott, but these other quarterbacks as well. This is a quote from Brian Schottenheimer, who did media availability on Friday, uh, about Dak Prescott getting the ball out quickly in the passing game. This is from John Mashota. He says, there are always early progressions that he can find. Everything in the system, the West Coast, is all tied to the quarterback's feet. When you see a quarterback playing really well in the West Coast offense, you'll see his feet are decisive. He's firm on his back foot. That's a big part of it. But the design of it is how do you spread people out and get your guys running vertically into the defense and have the quarterback get the ball accurately to them. That's kind of the genesis, if you will, of the West Coast offense. So that's all about what we've talked about, timing, precision, communication, things like that. And what was the biggest thing we heard last year in the passing game from this football team that they had trouble with? Our communication's not good. All right, yeah. we have way too much miscommunication. We got a chance on Sean and RJ, the morning show on 105 Through the Fan. We got a chance to talk to Jake Ferguson today. And you remember, uh, we had talked about it on the podcast at the time, that there was one day in OTAs where Jake Ferguson was running around and Dak was looking for him on a rollout and he threw it to Fajoko. They scored mm-hmm. in, on the rep, mm-hmm. but he immediately, as soon as he threw the ball, Dak turns back and just very animated, yeah. like gesturing to yeah. him to turn and open turn, up. Turn, and open up, yeah. And I, I mentioned to Jake Ferguson, I said, hey, I saw this during the practice. I know you guys have talked about communication, but tell me about the communication. He said, I remember that play like it was yesterday. He's like, because it was the first time that, you know, he's like, you're running a route and you have certain responsibilities and certain rules mm-hmm. when you see certain coverages. And he's like, it was the first time I'd seen that coverage and I screwed something up. Right. And he's like, and I wasn't where I was supposed to be. But he said that that's something that Dak's been very proactive about this offseason has been getting to guys and communicating with them. And he said it's a little bit like that old, you know, youth ball line that they give you. Right. They say, you need to start worrying when your coach stops yelling at you. Right. And so when Dak is up there and he's communicating, and he said, and it's all it's all in the best way possible that he's yelling at you. Like, yeah. it's just like, hey, come on, you got to get this. This has got to set in. It, it definitely seems like everybody from the head coach to the offensive coordinator to the quarterback to, to you know, the receivers and the tight ends, everybody recognizes we have got to be on the same page right. this year. We cannot have these interceptions due to miscommunication, and especially in a system like the West Coast, which is so heavily based on timing and being where you're supposed to be. Yeah, I, I think that's clear. I mean, today watching these guys work, the communication, you know, the, the communication side to me that was super impressive was actually on the defensive side of the ball today. You know, because it's funny with Dan and those coaches, there's not a lot of like when they're into that period those guys all kind of are yelling and you know yelling to each other what's going on Dak's trying to check a play kill 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 now the defense is shuffling around I thought really both sides had really good communication I did notice something today though that that Overshone had his helmet on and he was a there they were they were using him as Dan Quinn communication man so that's a lot of trust Leighton Vanderesh helmet on today uh, but the other other linebacker that had the helmet on that was communication man was overshone. And so you could see when you know when it turned into huddle call, overshone was in the huddle relaying what Dan Quinn was saying to his guys and then that was so yeah, that's a that's a big responsibility to a rookie and that, again that's that's kind of that, you know, throw you in the deep end of the pool and see if you can swim, see if you can handle it, see if you don't short circuit. 
But, uh, you know, yeah, it's you're right about the communication, whether it's the offensive communication, you know, huddle to line of scrimmage and then to the execution of the plays. But also, too, I saw it on the defensive side of the ball today where those coaches let those guys kind of handle their situation. There's not a lot of coaches running on the field grabbing guys. No, you got to do You know, there's not a lot of that. Yeah, and, and that's that's the benefit. That's why teams do love continuity, right? right. Like on their roster and with their right. coaching staffs, because you know on the offensive side of the ball, there's a lot of coaching changes. There's a lot of a lot of coaching change. There's a lot of different communication. There's mm-hmm. things that need to be worked on yeah. and rep. This is year three for most of these guys with most of these coaches, right. Right. and they know what's expected of them. They know what they're doing. Demarvin Overshown, though, that's an interesting note, especially because yeah. that's one of the things you hear a lot of about Overshown is. People just talked about, like, he is so, like, that is perfect football character. Yeah. That is a smart player. That's a guy who was asked to do everything in Texas's defense, so right. he has a good handle on everything. But you're right. That is a lot of trust to put on a rookie like that. Yeah. But that, that may speak to the fact that that's somebody that is, you know, deserves watching. All right, as we wrap this thing up here, real quick question for you, Brian. We've got the first pad of practice on Monday. We've got the opening ceremony practice on Saturday, which is usually a pretty eventful one. Um, but when we get into pads on Monday, who are you most interested to see when we get to pads? Because this is probably where, if you feel like things have been a little quiet on the Mozzie Smith front, that's, Cowboys fans, yeah. when they get into pads, that's when you're going to know how he looks. Yeah, this is where the offense and defensive lines. And just a note today when I saw guys lining up, saw where Mozzie Smith and Hankins were together on the field. Interesting. So then you had a situation where you had, uh, where you had Sam Williams at one end, and then, and then uh, also Tank Lawrence on the other, so left, right, and then in the middle you had Hankins and Mozzie Smith, and Mozzie was playing the three, where Hankins was playing the one or the nose. And when we talk about the three technique, it's that outside shoulder of the guard. So you know you think Mozzie's going to play more of that on the nose or more inside on the guard, but in this particular front he was playing on that edge. So yeah, uh, you, you'll notice it with the running game too. You know you'll. With when you when you when you try and practice running game and you're not in pads, you can't see everything develop. Yeah. Like you're either going to get the block or you're not going to get the block at the point of attack, and they'll tag off and stuff like that. But that's where to me where pads show up the most is not so much on the perimeter of the game, but what happens on the five on seven. You know, with that with that whole with that whole group. That does it for us here on the Love of the Star podcast. We'll be back with you guys a couple more times while we're still out here in California. Um, Like I said, there's still a lot to go here. We're just barely scratching the surface of Cowboys training camp. Uh, But until next time, for Brian Broaddus, I am Bobby Belt. We will talk to you guys later.